music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hi, it's Kelly, and this week on the show, we have a conversation with UK-born DJ and producer Sugar Jesus, who now calls Toronto his home. Sugar Jesus talks to us about how his career got started, what it was like working with Juno Award-winning recording artist Kaiza, creating the theme song for the hit reality TV show Love Island, and also working on Andrew Lloyd Webber's new production of his musical called Starlight Express. We also spend some time with our music editor, Sharon Hyland, talking about what to expect from musical performances at this year's Super Bowl, which is being held in Las Vegas. Follow us on Instagram, Kelly Alexander Show. We are very excited to welcome to the Kelly Alexander Show DJ and producer Sugar Jesus. He's been working with Kaiza, platinum artist Kaiza, on their song called Heaven Ain't Calling. Of course, their new album that is coming out, you know, very soon, Kaiza's new album. And he has a bunch of other things that I cannot wait for you to learn all about. Andre, thanks so much for spending time with us. Thanks for having me on, Kelly. So, first of all, I have to start at the beginning. How did you get your start in music and was your family supportive right away? Um, I, um, I was always like really into it. I, I guess I learned the piano when I was a kid, um, and started writing when I was about 13. And then I, um, at school, uh, I learned the software, the, the uh, logic, which is what I use now and started like remixing and doing bootlegs and that kind of stuff. And I always, it just fascinated me and I wanted to, um, kind of pursue a career in it, but, um, yeah, family was very supportive, but I did actually, I went to the university for art history, something completely different, but with full knowledge that. I wanted to pursue music afterwards Amazing. by any means possible. And what uh, what type of music did you grow up listening to? And, and do you find that that music plays a part in what you're producing now? I, I've always loved electronic music. Um, I used to listen to craft work and um, all that. Kind of, I was fascinated by like anything with synthesizers in. But yeah, my my mum and dad used to just listen to classical music growing up. So there'd be a lot of a lot of that. So it was kind of two worlds. And I, I learned classical piano. Um, but yeah, so that, but that's, I guess those two. For sure. Classical piano is helping you in what you do now, because that's like, if you know that, you know what you're doing for pop and dance music. So <laughs> yeah, it's all the, all the boring stuff. Like the theory comes, it's kind of well drilled in me, I guess, from that side of things, which I'm very thankful for. Yeah. That's amazing. And so you have to tell us, uh, before I ask you more questions, how did you actually end up in Canada? Cause I know you're from the UK. That's right. Yeah. I'm from London. Um, me and my wife, we moved out here about eight years ago, having lived in London for years. Um, and I think we just wanted, um, we always wanted to live abroad at some point in life and, and wanted to, a bit more adventure. And uh, yeah, we, we moved to Vancouver and then just absolutely fell in love with the, the city and the country and then eventually in the, well, moved to um, Toronto. And we, we love it here. We've had two kids in Canada. And yeah, we, we now live in Toronto and very happy. Yeah. That's amazing. Awesome. Um, can you talk to us too about, cause like, you know, I, I know just from being a, a dance fan myself, I always find that Europe is very advanced. Like sometimes I find I'm hearing new stuff from there first before it either breaks here or we catch up. Uh, so do you find that or do you still feel like being in North America is the best place for you to be doing what you do? I think it's the best place for me to be. I mean, I've, uh... And most of the labels that I release with when I do singles and stuff in the dance music world are European labels. Um, and I went to ADE this year, the Amsterdam dance event where the whole world kind of comes together. But 
I mean, it is it does it does originate from North America as a as a type of music. I, mm. I don't know. I think uh, I, I think I think North America is a great place to be to be making electronic music and just music in general. And how do you find being in Toronto? Because I know, you know, as a Canadian, that's obviously the mecca for many artists to go there. Obviously, my city as well, Montreal is a very creative um, city and place to be. But do you find that like, yeah, that's that's the hub. That's where you should be producing and, and all that sort of stuff. I think so. Yeah, I think that was really clear. Um, having lived in Vancouver for three years, and I, I absolutely love Vancouver. Can't say enough nice things about it. But the um, career opportunities since I moved to I mean, yeah, I, mean, I was in the studio with Kaiser like like a year after moving here, which was just like a dream. Um, and I just feel the, there's the infrastructure for it here in, in Toronto. I don't know. I just kind of figure that people that want a music career in Canada seem to move, end up in, in Toronto one way or another um, at the moment, in my experience. So, now, how would you describe your sound as a producer? um i mean it's varied I, there are definitely uh, there are threads running through it um i love to try and make people dance and i love to try and make people feel something as well um uh, I, yeah, I was a songwriter before i was a producer um so i think yeah the it often starts from the song with me and then try and uh, move people's feet along the way make them feel something it's very broad sorry <laughs> And do you um, do you like working with obviously working with Kaiser, who's a well-established artist, is obviously a dream come true. Um, I know certain producers and DJs that I speak to sometimes really want to work with big artists that are already established, and then there's a fair amount that actually want to break new ones. Um, so where do you lie on that line? I mean, I think that there can't be anything more exciting than breaking a new artist and like developing a sound and you know being there from the beginning. And um, but obviously the odds are against you, so I think if a big artist comes knocking you've, you've got to be able to kind of work in both worlds but yeah it's certainly the idea of, of breaking an artist from a grassroots level to a much wider audience is is would be a very exciting thing can you talk to us about how the um relationship with you and kaiser kicked off and how quickly you decided to continue working on a project because i think initially it might have just been a song you were going to work on but now you've done the full album yeah i mean Gosh, I, I was so nervous when we first worked together because I was a, I was a huge Kaiser fan. You know? um, I remember when Hideaway came out. I remember her first album, her doing like the press tour in the UK and uh, like listening on BBC Radio One and hearing her interviews and stuff. So it was it was just the kind of music I was obsessed with at the time. Um, and yeah, it's my manager um, here, Adam Shoma. Shout out! He um, had worked with Kaiser before, knew Kaiser's manager well. Um, luba and yeah he set up the session um i thought this isn't going to happen she's going to cancel whatever anyway she came in we had one session it worked went great and in that session we did heaven ain't calling and another song that is that is her next single that's become like the title track of the album and i think those two kind of set a bit of a blueprint and she was really excited by the the direction and then she's basically just started wanting to um you know sending me kind of unfinished songs she'd already started and wanting to kind of keep writing um and we just kind of went from there i mean it was it, we've got so much music together now um in various states of, of being finished but yeah for me like when when she kind of started talking about turning it into an album i was very much pushing for it to be a dance album um because kaiser's like she'd, she's got folk music she's got like you know every kind of she's just so creative she's got something in every in every kind of box but i was like let's do one for the you know for the the dance music fans that loved hideaway and loved that 
first record and um you know as a fan myself that's kind of what i would have really wanted to hear from her at that point and yeah that's that's kind of how it how it all happened and did it go pretty quickly with recording like or were you guys at this for several months the writing and the recording was really quick whenever it happened the, the tough thing was is that she was in la um and then the pandemic hit so whenever we were in the room together amazingly productive sometimes the remote working and we were on different schedules and i've got young kids so i'm slightly limited time wise and the, you know there was a bit, there was kind of a frustration in in that side of things but yeah um the actual creative side was really really easy um and really really fun um the thing that like a, a lot of once we kind of got the the album together kaiser then had this idea of of um doing this kind of narrative music video arc which she's done which is the first one for heaven it calling came out um on thursday and that became like a whole it kind of elevated the whole project to this to have this kind of narrative element as part of it um and yeah it's it's been really awesome to kind of see everything be finished and starting to be shared with the world Joining us on the show right now is uh, DJ and producer Sugar Jesus. Make sure that you check him out on uh, his social media. Of course, uh, his Instagram at sugar underscore Jesus underscore time. Uh, now that Kaiza is kind of like, you know, the album's coming out, you're you're done kind of. Um, what is next for you this year? Like, do you hope to do more albums? I know you're, you've got some stuff with Andrew Lloyd Webber, which we're going to talk about just in a sec. But is there more like music uh, that you're collaborating with apart from music that you might be dropping on your own? Um, yeah, there's lots. I mean, there's this, there's the the next Kaiser album <laughs> continuation of this. We've got a load of songs for, um, and um, there's a couple um, single collaborations with other artists that uh, are coming out um, in due course. The next one's one with um, my friend Danny Doucette. Really excited about that one. Um, who's a local Toronto artist? Um, yeah, it, it's. I mean, I don't sing myself, so I've been it's, it's, normally when I release a record of Sugar Jesus, it's me and the singer, um, and and we write it together and then produce it. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot that I can't say too much about. But there's some there's um, certainly there's a lot more kinds of music coming, and then um, some awesome other collaborations I've done. Yeah. And you were kind enough to let me hear Danny's song with you, and it sounds amazing. I cannot wait for this to to drop, and. Um, when you are uh you know in the studio working with whether it's kaiser or danny or, or other people do you like do you have to um see how they are as artists and then kind of amalgamate how you work or like do you have a set way of doing things and you hope they kind of fall in line um i guess different every time but more and more i'm trying to just start something completely from scratch when i in a, in a session so there'd be no pre-existing musical idea or anything before it's just meeting the, your collaborator sometimes for the first time a little bit of small talk normally and then you just jump into the musical side um but i think it can be much more inspiring for for them to see something start from nothing rather than get presenting them with a completely finished musical idea and be like do your thing on this mm -hmm. um and i think you want to kind of create an, an energy in the room and part of doing that is making everyone feel part of the creative uh process and that's certainly how a lot of the Kaiser songs happened. And um, the um, song with Danny, that was completely from scratch in the room. Both of us kind of vibing.
Now, I have to ask you about your uh, television work, because I did not know until you told me that you, uh, you know, do music for America's Got Talent and Britain's Got Talent. How did you get this? This is amazing. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of my start in the industry, like when I first turned it into a career. Um, I got very lucky. I started working with an amazing guy in, in Brighton called uh, Tim Powell. Brighton's out on the, the south coast of the UK. And we started working on The X Factor, which is a show that One Direction and Little Mix came out of in the UK. Um, and we just uh, produced the backing tracks for the the, the singers, um, for the contestants each week that they'd sing to. Um, and yeah, I did that for a number of years. And, and from that, um, I started working on Britain's Got Talent and America's Got Talent and all the kind of Simon Cowell spin-off shows of, of these. Um, which has been great you know it's been a it's been a really great like breadwinner every year minus the pandemic when it when most of them got cancelled but um that i've been really really lucky with that and from that other opportunities have have, have arisen um and it's it's been great to like hone my craft because it, half the time you're essentially just recreating or, or reinterpreting a pre-existing song i don't know if you've watched any of the shows but yeah like, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And so uh, when you're doing the work, let's say for America's Got Talent, so you can obviously be at home in Toronto working in your studio and then you're sending it to them in Los Angeles? Yeah, it's entirely remote. Um, one of the, um, the the early X Factor seasons, I had to be on site. But other than that, it's completely remote. It gets emailed in and, and emailed out. Um, and yeah, sometimes I'll be like caught on a on, on, the, on holiday or something and I'll just have my laptop and I'll be in a service station you know frantically programming up some abba song <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's amazing and you have to talk to us about your connection to love island because that you know that show really took off and took people by surprise so tell us your involvement with that yeah i mean that's a mad one um I, i've been so lucky with it but i i pitched for the theme tune however many years ago um when so it, it started in the uk on a, a, ch a channel called itv2 and it was just a huge success um and then has since been kind of franchised out over here and around the world and they've kept my music on all the all the other iterations of it around the world just i don't know very lucky but it, it's been amazing in my career to have something that you know people have people like oh yeah i've heard that i know you know i know what that is um, and it's still running, still going from strength to strength as a show. Um, I'm, whether the music plays any part in that, I don't think so. But <laughs> it's, it's great to have your music attached to something that's a success like that. For sure. That's so cool. And then you also surprised me when you said that you did work with Andrew Lloyd Webber. So tell, can you tell us what's going on there and how did you hook this up? Well, yeah, this is this is what I'm currently working on. Is there um, uh, Andrew, Lloyd's Web, Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical Starlight Express, which came out in 1984 in London. Um, there, it's the 40th anniversary of it and they're bringing it back um, for a run in London and elsewhere, I believe. And yeah, I've, I've been uh, I've been brought in um, with a good friend of mine, Matthew, to kind of re... Well, we're, we're producing the, uh, the music, I guess. I mean, it's pre-existing songs, obviously, but we're reimagining them, I guess. Um, and... Up, updating the production and that kind of thing um and yeah it opens in june in london I, i've never been part of a musical before but it's been so much fun um a lot of work but a, a lot of fun so we're kind of halfway I, halfway through the process at the moment yeah i was going to ask you how you even manage everything because you've been doing all these other songs and then andrew lloyd Webber stuff like i don't know when you sleep plus you've got two little kids so. yeah well i love it i, I, I think if i just did 
all of one thing. I, I, I think it jumping between completely different genres and different styles of music, I think it, it can inform the, you know, it can inform the songwriting and inform everything. I, I think it keeps it really interesting and I, I love it. Um, but yeah, I'm not definitely not sleeping enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. And uh, I wanted to ask you because you know you're producing so much now. Um, do you have any time to do to do go out and spin, or you you're up you're, like too busy? Um, very occasionally, I'd, I'd like to more. Um, me and my friends have just start like tr start have just started a like a, a house night in Toronto, and we did our like inaugural launch of it um, a few months ago, and that was so fun. Um, yeah, I'd like to more, but. Um, because I, again, I think it makes you a better producer playing your music out and seeing the reaction and seeing what works and what doesn't rather than just being in your bubble in the studio the whole time. So whenever an opportunity comes, I, I jump on it. But, um, most of the time I'm in the studio is the answer. Yeah. For the next like six months to two, 12 months, like six months to a year, what are you trying to manifest? Are you just trying to get these projects off, like done, completed before you try to go for something else? Um, yeah, certainly to to see this musical through. That's the that's the next. A lot of the next six months will be about that, and I'll have to be in in London for a a large chunk of that for the um the actual like rehearsals. Um, but yeah, and there's a load of great music that um is kind of I'm in the process of finishing, um, and it's just to find the right home for it. Uh, I've kind of got a, a lot, built up a load of amazing collaborators now that I love working with, and you know we trust each other creatively and um just yeah try and make as much music as i as i can i guess and do you have like speaking as a radio announcer who you know plays a lot of top 40 music on the station i work for is there other canadian artists apart from kaiser that you might want to you know work with so that you get another radio uh play yeah i mean so many i mean i um i mean i can't i've not i've i I'm I'm really down to work with like whoever, um, but yeah, there's so many talented musicians like in this city. Um, I'd love to um, work with more of them. Um, I'm trying to give you. Well, you, you want a name? Um, well, it's okay if you don't have a name, but like it'd be fun. Like if you, especially like, I know your manager, which I'll tell you about when we're done recording. But Adam and I know each other for a while now, and uh, nice. What yeah, like Adam he because he's a Montreal boy, and so yeah. uh, we know each other. Um, but yeah, I didn't know if like it would be something like a, like a Tyler Shaw or an Alessia Cara or uh, a Scott Hellman, like somebody who's kind of established in the pop landscape who you would love to try to get a pop hit on the radio. Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely love that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Perfect. We'll put that into the universe for you. Yeah, I'll <laughs> manifest it. Alicia. That's it. And uh, last question for you, for people who are now going to you know, know you exist if they don't know already. Um, what do you want them to know about uh, Sugar Jesus? Like what, yeah, what, what do you want your fans to know or to learn or to become new fans for, like of your music? Um, well, welcome. Um, uh I, uh, I mean, come, keep coming back to my Spotify page. I release a lot of music. Um, um, hopefully it's all great intended to make you feel good and, uh, uplift you and empower you and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I guess just there's lots of new music coming and, and, uh, keep a, keep an ear out for it. Lots of amazing collaborations with amazing singers and different producers. Um, yeah. Perfect. Uh, Andre, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks so much. 
So don't forget to uh, check out all the social media and again, his Spotify so that you know everything that's happening with the music that he's dropping at Sugar Jesus. So the uh, Instagram is sugar underscore Jesus underscore time. Listen anytime, anyplace. Just a click away. KellyAlexanderShow.com I always look forward to this portion of the show. We get to chat with our music editor, Sharon Highland. Hello, Sharon. Oh, hi, Kel. How are you? I am fantastic and very excited to uh, talk to you this week about this specific topic, especially because it's right around Super Bowl and there's mm-hmm. many, yep, whoop, whoop, and there's going to be many great uh, performances apart from the two teams on the field. And so uh, I want to get your take on uh, the performers that they have chosen. Obviously, we've known for months and months and months that Usher will be doing the halftime performance. Yep. So, uh, and we've already spoken about that. Um, we may add a few more thoughts to it in a, in a moment. But I did want to speak to you about uh, some of the pregame show action. So yeah. um, they're going to have... So Post Malone is going to perform America the Beautiful. So we'll start there. Uh, I think that's a solid choice. I think so, too. I think Post Malone is one of those artists that uh, might fall under the get judged, you know, don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing. I think he comes off visually like, hmm, you know, that I don't know. Does he know what he's doing? And then he sings and he performs and he blows everybody away. So then I think in a contrast to that, singing America the Beautiful is it'll be a, a blow away performance in a totally different kind of way. Cause I, d- I see him being a hundred percent respectful of the song that he's going to be singing and a hundred percent respectful of the fact that he was asked. Yeah. I and think. I think, um, I don't know, you know w- what he's going to do. Cause obviously for example, Usher with halftime show, like that's going to be a full out spectacle because yeah. Usher is a showman like to the 10th degree and so that's going to be a whole next level. But I'm wondering if, well, and here's the thing, because remember back in the day when Whitney Houston, I think she sang the, the anthem, right? I think it was. And yeah. they had to record that and she just lip synced on top of it. I believe it was. I think that's what would happen for timing I so purposes. Too. I think so. Probably. I'm not sure if that's still the case or if they've done away with that and he'll be able to actually sing live. But I'm wondering if it'll be like him and a guitar doing that. You know what I mean? That'd be cool. Because he'll, if he gets to play the guitar and just do it, you know, in a an acoustic way, but his voice and his um, ability to play the guitar, I think it's going to be next level. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm very excited about this next artist. I've had the opportunity to interview her, and she is a delight. Grammy award winning uh, and Oscar nominated actress Andra Day. Pretty so, cool. This is amazing. I love that she's going to uh, perform "Lift Every Voice and Sing." And Adam Blackstone, who has been a musical director for many great artists, including, I believe, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson, mm-hmm. um, is going to produce and arrange the uh, the Black National Anthem for that performance. So thoughts on Andrew Day and, and the fact that they're going to do this amazing song? Well, I think that just by virtue of her being there brings a level of class to the whole experience. She's got such a, a rich tone, mm-hmm. a smooth vibe to her. Uh, I think that she could do anything, but the class level of the experience will be undoubtedly lifted. And she's, she's just so good. She's so good. And I love that you said the word class. Cause yeah, that's what she brings along with her immeasurable talent. Yeah. 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 
And now, like, you know, when I interviewed her, it was already, my God, I think it's already nine years ago since I sat down with her. Wow. Um, and that was just when she was blowing up, you know, uh, at the onset of her career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or I should say the onset, because who knows how many years before she had been working before she blew up. But I got her right when things were really taking off for her. And just so eloquent, so aware of the artists that have influenced her. Um, and I think, you know, she especially now nine years later would be very aware of her own talent and skill set and so she's just gonna like blow this out of the water and adam blackstone is such a rock star it's going to be amazing to see how this all comes together um for that and so and then this next artist i also adore and i think you do as well a country music legend um uh reba mcintyre she's She's a timeless classic. Like mm-hmm. we're talking about Andra Day and being around as long as she has. And I think that's what um, all new artists have to endure, right? They have to work, work, work. And then all of a sudden they're discovered and they're nominated for best new artist. And it took them, you know, nine, 10, 12 years to get there. Mm-hmm. So they hardly feel new, but it's it's like the rest of the world caught up with them finally, you know? Um, and then seemingly... <laughs> the idea that Reba has mentioned how it's kind of a full circle moment that she'll be singing the Star Spangled Banner 50 years after being discovered for singing the exact same song at a similar event. Yeah. Not, not exactly rodeo. Super Bowl. Yeah. But <laughs> national, uh, the national finals of rodeo. But isn't that wild? Yeah. A, that she's uh, mindful of, you know, these things lining up or, or mm-hmm. circling back. But that there's been 50 years in between the two things mm-hmm. is wild to me. Yeah. Because she's, wild. she too is a timeless classic, you know, like she's just, she's, she's just always been here. And, and not to say that, you know, she's, you know, old reliable or anything. I'm saying she's always been here because she's good. Yes. This many years later, she's just, she's represented. She was part of that whole group of women in the, uh, in the nineties that were, putting a new face on country Mm -hmm. uh, and a new sound to it and a new angle on it. She's a fighter. Mm -hmm. And you know what's interesting is back, back in the nineties too, she came to my attention and, you know, I have no issue saying that, you know, for, for the longest time I was not a fan of country. Um, And then she was one of the artists that, took me under her wing without her knowing but like yeah i was like you're amazing and she's such a good performer and she's such a good vocalist and she really connects with the fans like you feel like you're the only person hanging out with her yeah it's like she's telling you a story from the things she did that day but she's just telling you yeah (laughs) you know like you and i try to do as announcers right yeah yeah (laughs) and it's neat too because we've got to see her uh this past year coach on the voice Mm -hmm. And she was so good at that too. Like she, she has a way of, of zeroing in on that thing that artists have and pointing it out to them. They know they have it, but pointing it out to them in a way that sort of takes it from them, shows it to them and gives it back to them. And then they are like, Oh, you know, like they're enlightened from just being with her, which is really cool. And she's super chill about it too. Like, Oh yeah. She's a superstar, right? Mm hmm. And she's just chill and and real, which is great. So it's neat that she'll have that uh, experience at the Super Bowl. And I wanted to actually just uh, 
mentioned because you you obviously we talked we talked about this being the anniversary and her statement was 2024 marks 50 years since i was discovered singing the national anthem at the national finals uh, of rodeo um and i can't think of a better way to celebrate that anniversary so i think oh, cool. like said, it's so amazing that she's very aware of that um and so just to wrap up so usher you know the uh, the countdown is on i'm sure he is absolutely ready for this and uh do you want to hypothesize what you think he's going to do like because the thing is everybody's done everything now like I, unless he gets shot out yeah. of cannon like i don't know what's <laughs> gonna happen i mean give it a try usher can you yes. just get in the cannon please come <laughs> on let's do it um i love what he said that uh about the night being specifically curated to have uh r b take the main stage which is cool mm-hmm. um the whole and that he 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 pointed out the 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 r&b connection and the spirit through the performance i love that so i'm i'm going to be pleasantly surprised with whatever happens but i think when i know that some people had a uh, a reaction of usher really until you think about 30 years of usher Mm -hmm. and just a quick few uh hits on on the hits you're like oh okay this is going to be really good mm-hmm. and who's he going to bring out and who are be the who will be the surprises i think for things like this i'm happy to know that i did not spend ten thousand dollars on a ticket to the super bowl yeah. because i think honestly at this point are you even seeing the game at that event are you seeing the halftime show at that event no and no to both of those things because you're at home the coverage is incredible from yeah. every angle you're seeing the game and then the halftime show i think is secondarily for the people that are at the uh at the uh stadiums i think it's for the audience i think it's for that they can substantiate what they charge for commercials by saying well we've got usher at the halftime you know so um i think we're uh, we're in for a real treat actually it's gonna be fun and i have to say too i was i'm not shocked that he's doing it because i think it's it's even delayed like he should have probably got this several years ago to be able Mm -hmm. to do this but uh i am impressed that we're getting two years of r&b pop because rihanna was last year right so so i'm happy to get another artist and it's funny because i don't know when they're going to go back to a rock act because i think the last one was like maroon five right which i know is not rock but like it's pop rock so have the foo fighters done it i don't know i don't know either they could easily Yeah. yeah I mean, there's a bunch of rock acts that could totally do it. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, if the food fight, I think I'm just my, I'm tired. So I'm forgetting if they've done it, but I don't think they have. And mm. they are at the stage of their career where even if they have done it, they could do it again. Mm-hmm. But they are so connected to, um, to musicians and, and, and the community of creators mm-hmm. that they could, you know, sidestep over here and bring a pop artist on or sidestep over there and bring a dance artist on and just have fun and make, make the halftime show at this huge event mm-hmm. really entertaining again but i think everybody that takes the uh takes the offer of doing this knows how much work has to go into it mm-hmm. for uh a blip of time you know like they have to work for months and months and months to fine-tune this thing to make it happen and then it's probably like a blur to them yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i don't what i'm trying to say is that i don't think that they go into it thinking eh, I'm going to do the halftime show. No big deal. I think that they know that there's a lot of work uh, to make it to make it enjoyable and fun and something to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think anybody goes into it sort of half-assed, you know? 
Yeah. And I also think last point for me is that um, obviously he's a super popular artist. He, you know, is known around the world, but it'll be interesting to see on the Monday after the Super Bowl, because there will be an article somewhere that will say his um, songs have gone up 3000% or whatever it is on oh, all yeah. parts. Because yeah. that will happen for people who might have been sleeping on him for the last couple of years and not remember yeah. that he did this song and that song and this song. So that'll be interesting to see. Because I remember when Missy Elliott on the 2015 Super Bowl with Katy Perry as the surprise guest, her stats were like, I think it was like 300% or something like went up like her stats because people hadn't seen her in a while and all that. Wow. So it'll be interesting to see what Usher does. So uh, will you be watching? That's my last question for you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, yeah. Chiefs are 49ers. Ooh. Uh, we are a Chiefs household, um, but I love San Francisco. I think it's going to be a great game, no matter no matter what. I, I love watching Patrick Mahomes. He's he's exciting, um, and San Francisco is always a, a great watch too. I have friends that live in San Francisco, so when I actually did a FaceTime call with my friend. Like we've been friends since we were four or five, so a long time, Kelly. <laughs> And uh, so we FaceTimed and I had my Chiefs shirt on yesterday after the Chiefs won, but also San Francisco won. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, sorry. She, <laughs> I'm like, eh. So she's coming in for a visit. I said, I promise I won't wear the shirt when you're here. <laughs> That's a solid idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at least we know that whoever wins uh, at, at one point have red in their logo. So yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A team exactly. with red. Uh, Sharon Highland, thank you. Hey, Kel, thank you. That is our music editor, Sharon Hyland. Don't forget to follow us on the podcast that we host together at 90s Now FM and, of course, on her Instagram at the Sharon Hyland. The Kelly Alexander Show. As always, thank you so much for spending time with us on the program this week. And a big thank you to our guests as well, Sugar Jesus and Sharon Hyland. I also want to give a shout out to our wonderful producer, Andrew Sabino, for doing such a great job putting the show together. And don't forget that you can listen to us on all the major podcast platforms. And we always appreciate when you have time to give us a review. You can follow us on all of our social media by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have a wonderful week. You and I will chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.